0: Bredo, it is perhaps the number one challenge our Wellness Couch listeners face. It's also the number one reason why many listeners can't get to our live events. Well, we have listened to our listeners and we are putting on our first online event, Release Your Overwhelm. So exciting, MP. Put Saturday, November 23 in the calendar. Log in from your phone or your TV or your laptop anywhere in the world and tune in to Kim Morrison Brett Hill Marcus Pierce Wendy Stewart and Jason Witten. Release your overwhelm about time, relationships, money, your body, and most importantly, you. Access is just $10 and available at releaseyouroverwhelm.com. Book in now at releaseyouroverwhelm.com.
1: Hey there, BQS listeners, and welcome to today's episode. I'm Dr. M, and this podcast is designed to help inspire change in how you see, manage, and use your stress. So you can be the queen of your stress, not your stress being the queen over you. In today's episode, I'm very excited to be continuing the Q&A session that I recorded with the amazing Dr. Damien Christoph. For those of you who've been following along on the BQS journey, you would have known that we actually had a live event in Shell Harbour in October 2019 that we were inundated with so many questions at the end of said live workshop that uh, Dr. Damien and I decided that the best way to answer all of those questions was to record a podcast that we could release over the five episodes that will be getting released over the BQS network. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. It is third part of what will be a five-part series of all the questions and our answers to those various questions from our Head, Heart and Gut First workshop in Shell uh, in October 2019. For those of you who are not familiar with the amazing Dr. Damien Christophe, he's an amazing naturopath, nutritionist and an amazing chiropractor. He is a regular on Triple M in Melbourne. He has had his own television show called Downsize Me. He is the co-founder of The Wellness Couch, which is an amazing podcast channel, which is the channel that BQS is currently hosted on. He does a plethora of other things as well and he's an all-round great guy and I'm very, very blessed to call him one of my dear, dear friends. So enjoy today's episode. It is the third part of our five-part series of our Q and A special from Head, Heart, Gut first. Where I want to go next, DK, is that there was a question around kids' stress and and how to best manage kids that are stressed out. And what you've just said brings me to one of my thoughts around that. When it comes to kids that are stressed, is one of the first steps you can make sure that you're doing is spending quality time with your kids. Which I know in busy yeah. lifestyles that sometimes can feel like that's almost impossible. But particularly around meal times. I mean, I think about one of my mum's favourite sayings, one of Yoda's favourite sayings is one of her favourite times is feet's under the table. It's having her people, we're all sharing a meal, we're breaking bread, we're having conversations. That very much was part of our upbringing was dad would get home at a certain time, we would all sit around the table. Sure, I'd be trying to watch the television over mum's shoulder but, you know, we we had conversations around the dinner table and and I think in today's busy lifestyle is often people are eating at different times, Uh, they're sitting kids perhaps in front of or kids aren't putting screens down while they're, while they're eating. And, and for me, one of the best ways to start helping kids with their stress is actually, A, to be spending quality time but also having that engagement whilst eating. And I think that's really important for adults too, right, because we, we, can, we can get into a habit of eating on our own all the time.
2: Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, you're sitting down with people. It's one of the greatest. do, and we've got a little gratitude rattle that we have at home, and so yeah. we'll sit down and be happy and we'll pull out the gratitude rattle and you, you rattle it and then you, you give gratitude And as to give three gratitudes uh, a day. We don't always achieve it, but, you know, it doesn't mean we're not grateful, um, but we'll, you know, we'll do our little rattle and then um, and give, give some gratitudes about all the great things that we have.
1: I love that. And the other thing we used to do was love and learn around the table too. Is what did you love today? Which, what, what are you grateful for? And also what did you love learn it, today? Yeah. Because one of the things that that achieves love is that. For, for within family space, if you're actually not used to, ha- this might sound, it might sound funny, I know I've had moments like this where you're like, oh, what are we going to talk about? Because if you're not used to actually conversing with your family, this is actually a really nice conversation starter because then you can continue the conversation from there um, and get to know what each other have done throughout the day as well, which is super important. Um, and, and I think that that's when it comes, coming to kids and their stresses, that's one of the most important uh, important first steps amongst other things as well, which we might touch on as, uh, as we yep. continue today's conversation. One of the questions that came up, DK, was uh, can stress cause, uh, can it aggravate autoimmune diseases?
2: Uh, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Um, so... Quite often when people ask that question, they ask in the vein of, you know, emotional stress. Mm -hmm. That's what their primary process is, isn't around, you know, stress, uh, you know, stress is an emotion, yada, yada, yada. But you, you know, described it beautifully in presentation, Dr. M, that there's three types of stress. Mm -hmm. So you've got chemical stress, emotional stress, and physical stress. And each of those stores are the things that, as chiropractors, we talk about those causes, of subluxation or, mm-hmm. uh, or let's put context around that. So subluxation isn't mm-hmm. a nice dislocation, which is what the medical professional would call it. In a chiropractic, we refer to subluxation as a dysfunctional or a poorly moving in the spine that is now affecting the nervous system. So you, mm-hmm. can, that and you can take that out to any joint in the body. Uh, but generally, uh, from a chiropractic perspective, we're talking about the subluxation of the spine in other words, the dysfunction of the spine affecting the nervous system. So in any wherever there is stress, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, chemical, we're affecting the nervous system and and then the of the nervous system to adapt to the environment um, and so on and so forth. So if it's a chemical stress, let's consider it be food, for example, and of course that can affect um, autoimmune. Um, and if we're talking about, you know, Uh, physical stress it could definitely be affecting the nervous system there's no doubt Um, and then of course be affecting the immune system and then of course being um, autoimmunity so we should always be considerate fact that all types of stress can actually affect the nervous and the immune system
1: Mm -hmm. and that brings it into insomnia as well is is there any other causes other than stress of insomnia and i think that probably answers it in the sense of um, there's those three areas of stress, the chemical, physical, or emotional, that are going to have that impact on whether somebody's able to sleep or not able to sleep. Yeah,
2: sure. Like a physical one might be um, increased adenoids, for example. There's sleep apnea, for mm. example. Or, you know, maybe there is pain that might have restless legs or magnesium insufficiency, some people might be, you know, addicted to food, in which case that's continually charging them up yeah. and them to sleep or maybe they might have an addiction to a chemical, um, mm-hmm. exactly. like in a pharmaceutical drug, a prescribed drug or something like that. So that could also be effective too.
1: Absolutely. And can people get addicted to stress in terms of cortisol? Like can people get stuck in an addictive cycle of that stress state of being stuck in fight-flight?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It feels good to be stressed. You know, it really does. Like you, you, generally, like if you remain in stress at fight or flight, it feels good so much done. Um, Over time, they can wear you thin and over time they can result in um, effects, negative effects, yeah. as fatigue and weight gain and um, appetite suppression or then, you know, increases in in the reverse. And so, but the feeling of racing or the feeling of competing or the feeling of um running towards or away from something, that adrenal, you know, load can feel so good and you know, do get addicted to it. So you hear about cortisol boys and um adrenaline uh, what are they called? Adrenaline junkies. serotonin seekers.
1: Yeah cortisol junkies.
2: cowboys What's that?
1: Adrenaline junkies.
2: Adrenaline junkies, that's what it is. Yeah. Or, you know, absolutely. So, those people that are addicted to adrenaline, they kind of they do everything they can, their adrenal secretions, you know, cranking. So, that could be caffeinated beers, or it could be, you know, high performance sport, or it could be pushing their body limit, or it might be leaving things to the last minute, or it might just be driving fast on time, you know, so just all those sorts of things.
1: One of the things you talked about the other night, which, um, I think it's perhaps appropriate because some of the obviously people listening back to this uh, interview and our conversation, whether it's on 100 Not Out or on on Be the Queen of Your Stress, won't necessarily have had the context of what we were talking about the other night. But the other night, you mapped out how people go from being from caring to stressed to overwhelmed to insomnia to depressed. Can you just run us through that quickly, DK, if you don't mind? Because then I have a couple of questions around that. That I think are gonna be really helpful for our listeners.
2: Yeah, for sure. So caring and compassion is um is a human experience. It's a human um well, it's more mammalian. So I think it's it's you think about cats or dogs or horses or right. care, they have compassion, they, that's something that they do. Um in a fight or flight, when we go into stress, um we disengage from compassion. So we don't we we are no longer compassionate until that stress light. If the stress doesn't go away, then we don't show compassion. Um, we might yeah. say that we don't show compassion. So generally when we're stressed, it's prepared, but it's very difficult to be compassionate at the same time. Um, Graduate right. right up. So in other words, if you never really reset that stress, that, that when you've had a sleep, the next day when you wake up, your level of stress, your set point, your base level of stress has actually wound up. It's actually... Um, it's, it's spiraled upwards. So you, you kind of graduate to the next level. So the next level of just being stressed is kind of overwhelm. Um, and that overwhelm, which people don't like to feel of in terms of anxiety, is, is a catalyst for insomnia. Because if that's not dealt with, then you can lie in bed feeling overwhelmed and, and you're often craving food and eating too much, all that sort of stuff. When that's going, that catalyst um, or graduating step, insomnia eventually leads to depression. And so when you're not really well you decrease your manufacture and availability of serotonin and so essentially you start to crave more foods to eat foods, which makes you more sleepy. And then so you start to eat more foods because serotonin, dopamine hit that you get from eating food um make you feel better. But then you become reliant on a medication. In other words, medication becomes food or food becomes the medication. Yeah. Um, and then depression spirals out of control. So, the exact reverse of that test needs to take place to get people out of depression. It's not just taking a tablet. It's uh, it's achieved from you know marching through change and shift and and graduation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Now, of course, when I'm recording this, you guys might be getting a little bit of background noise because a work site next to me has decided now is a very appropriate time to be soaring something very loudly. So I apologise if there's background noise at the moment. Um, to that, there was a question around um, extra things that you should be doing to get out of a stress state. So if you are in that depressed state, um, let's have a conversation around some key things people can be doing to shift that.
2: The depressed state?
1: yeah so so if somebody's yeah. in that last stage, if they're up to that stage yeah. where they're the depressed, what are some things that you would suggest people are doing to start moving back towards the caring end of the spectrum?
2: Yes oh. there's a few things, and some it's best to start with that yeah. stuff too because when you're depressed it's hard to see the wood from the trees and it's you know very it's not, it's not a great place to be it's not a great way to feel um you know, from an empathetic perspective I, I understand what you're talking about. because we've all had periods of depression in our life and some people go through depression it, it can take a long time to come out of it. But one of the greatest things that you could do is increase serotonin, but not through a medication. Increase your serotonin through thing um, through getting outside and getting some sunlight, making your sunglasses aren't on in the middle of the day so that you're actually getting light reflection um, affecting the pineal gland for manufacture of melatonin while we are to sleep so that you actually start to manufacture more of your own serotonin so there's a few little hygiene things that you do so um, breathing's water and it's so lie flat on your back on a posture pole with your arms stretched out uh, in kind of the shape of a crucifix that would enable you to regulate your sympathetic nervous system to go back into a, a parasympathetic which is really healing and it's a great place to be so Breathing is great. Lying flat on your back on some kind of a foam roller or a posture pull your chest muscles out. Um, Walking every single day, taking glasses off, um, laughing lots. These are all things to to move back towards insomnia, away from them, and then move towards anxiety uh, and then again towards stress and then compassion uh, finally.
1: I love that. And I had an interesting question which did make me smile a little and it speaks exactly to what you were talking about. Somebody asked if, if uh, getting in the sun is important but I can't walk because I don't have time, is it okay to sunbake in the backyard? And before you answer that, one of the things that came to mind for me was if you have time to be in your backyard, you have time to walk was the first thing that came to mind. But um, what are your thoughts around sunbaking in general? <laughs>
2: Well, the old roast is, uh, I love it. Like, to be honest with you, I love it. But obviously, we know enough about the sun uh, to understand that it also yeah. has consequences. So you don't want to be baking to the point of the beginning. Um, mm. And just because you do get sun, it doesn't mean you're going to get cancer. That's, that's a misconception in advertising on the part of, uh, of what we see on the television these days. You see somebody lying down in the sun and it makes a funny crackling noise, pork crackle. Um, and then you see this tiny little black thing, you know, from the skin cells into the bloodstream, which is supposed to make you think that that's a cancer cell uh, or melanoma cancer, and then that you're going to die from that as a result. So it's a very scary proposition. But being in the sun is incredibly helpful. Uh, and there's some great information in around that, um, which – Maybe we can talk about another time, area, but yeah, you know, the sun is beneficial. But about 20 to 30 minutes a day is probably what most could get away with as a minimum, um, and, and that wouldn't be a problem. But the sun is so healing, so beneficial to the body, but it does burn the skin if you're out there in the sun for too long.
1: And that's it for the third part installment of our five-part series of Q&A with the amazing Dr. Damien Christoph. To find the amazing Damien, you can find him on drdamienchristophe.com or on 100 Not Out, which is his podcast with the amazing Marcus Beers. For those of you who want to join our BQS movement, make sure you pop that in the search bar of Facebook and you'll be able to request to join our closed Facebook group. And to be able to do your eight-ball quiz, make sure you jump onto www.thequeenofstress.com. That's it for this week, BQS listeners. Bye for now and I'll catch you next time.